Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and with me today is Jacob Edler. Jacob is originally from Iowa, and I used to high school rodeo with him and his family, and I've known him for a long time, and we're really proud that he is currently sitting fourth in the world in the steer wrestling. Uh, Jacob, you're in Alva now, you said? Alva, Oklahoma? And how did you end up there? Well, uh, it, it was it was a long, weird journey, but uh, I started out, I went to college at Iowa Central Community College for a year, and then uh, I transferred to Altus, Oklahoma, and finished up my associate's degree down there, and uh, needed to get a four-year education and use a couple more years of college road eligibility, and ended up in Alba, and had had a great job opportunity to branch and stay horseback instead of coming home to Iowa and farming and loved it around there and decided to never leave. I gotcha. Well, there's nothing wrong with Alva, Oklahoma. Not at all. How did you get started in rodeo? Well, uh, I actually got a pretty, pretty late start in life as far as rodeo goes. Uh, my family, they're, they're from a small town in Iowa and my dad farms. I, I just grew up farming, and uh, I had a neighbor. His name is Tyler Shell, and he used to live right up the road from me. And I remember when I was in eighth grade, we had a ag day for our school, and they'd bring us around to these different places. And the Shells, they uh, they were set up at their house, and they uh, they let everybody ride horses and ropes and dummies and I was absolutely insane about it after I went over there and seeing that they were so close to me, I, I drove over there every day after school after that and we would, uh, we'd rope dummies and, and ride horses and my parents saw how interested I was in it and they, uh, they purchased my first horse for me a couple weeks later after that. Well, that didn't take long. No. But your parents are very accommodating. They do what it takes for you guys to love life and succeed. Absolutely. Which is awesome. So once you got started, what are you? was it difficult to get started late like that? Did you get to junior high rodeo and, you know, like where did you start with this? Well, uh, I, it was actually the hardest thing in my life I have ever done. I... I got to practice for about two months and kind of figured out halfway how to ride, was breakaway roping a little bit, and was maybe shoot dogging a few steers, and practice time goes a couple of weeks before the first junior high rodeo, but I, uh, my parents, they, they, were, they signed me up for my very first junior high rodeo, and it was in Lenox, Iowa, and, uh, I will I will never forget it. It was probably one of the more humbling experiences I ever had in my life. I uh, started out that day in the breakaway open, missed the barrier, and uh, ran this calf on down there. And I, my horse, he was 23 years old. Babysitter took care of me, but uh, he was just tracking after this calf like he should have. And I went to bouncing around the saddle, and we got to the end of the arena, and the calf ducked back to the left, and 
so did my horse, and I fell off into the bucking shoes. Oh, no. And then it, uh, came back in the goat time and fell on my face and somehow <laughs> tied my goat backwards, and then my shoot dog and steer fell on top of me for the entire 30-second time limit. Oh, no. That was a so pretty it, traumatic it, first go at it. It uh, it went about as bad as it possibly could have, but uh, after that, I, I realized how much work I had to do and put my nose to the grindstone and actually started uh, tying some calves down that winter and uh, worked at it into that spring. And there was only uh, five calf ropers that entered the junior high rodeos there in Iowa, so I figured my best shot at making the junior high finals was swapping from breakaway roping to tie-down roping, and I figured out how to finally ride and rope a little bit and get along, and my, my hard work paid off because I, I won second in the Iowa junior high deal and uh, was able to go out to the junior high finals and I wasn't competitive at all but uh, it was awesome to go out there and see the competition that I was going to be up against for the next few years and see what we needed to work on and we went from there yeah well it sounds like you definitely got you know you you got your start kind of the hard way and but you stuck with it was there anything was there ever a time that you weren't sure about continuing did it ever get really hard and you just wanted to quit? Oh, honestly, you know, I, I've i always just loved it way too much to ever even think about quitting. That's good. There's, That's what I hoped your answer would be. Days, but uh, at the end of the day, I love it so much. Uh, a bad day of rodeoing uh, beats a good day of farming in Iowa. I <laughs> Do you tell your dad that very often? Absolutely. <laughs> How does he feel about that? Oh, shoot. I, I think he understands. I Every year that uh, I, I haven't made the NFR, I actually punish myself by coming home for about a month and right during corn harvest when we're the busiest and working 18 hours a day and uh, – making me appreciate this this rodeo thing a lot more so yeah i'm sure that gives you a little extra motivation absolutely that's great what is something what's a piece of advice that you got when you were learning or as you've been on this journey that's really stuck with you the biggest piece of advice that uh, that i have acquired it is to stay positive because in this game, when you get negative, you get beat, and nothing nothing is going to go right without the right attitude. That's exactly right. Is there anything specific that you've learned to do to create that positive mindset and to keep yourself positive all the time? Well, just giving yourself all the opportunities in the world to not be negative about anything, whether that's going to the practice pen and working on your craft or, you know, you got a day off and you're not doing anything, you go and work and put some money in your bank account and set things up for, for the future. You just can't ever stay still, I found out. You need to you need to progressively 
work on yourself in some way, shape, or form every single day if you're wanting to get to where you're going. I love that. I think that is so true because, like you said, no matter what you're doing, there's always, you know, if you have a day off, there's still more to be done. Like so whether it is putting a little extra money in your pocket for that next tank of diesel fuel or that entry fee that you have got to keep moving because if you're not, somebody else is. And they're yes, going to get you. Yeah. So you are, you're working at making the finals. You got a good go at it this year. What's your plan right now? Uh, my plan is, uh, shoot, the, the guys I'm rodeoing with, they're awesome. Uh, I'm rodeoing with Matt Reeves and Cody Jang. And between Matt Reeves' horses, he's got two sets of horses that are absolutely outstanding. A uh, couple of the better horses in the PRCA going right now. And Cody Jang, he does all the hazing for us and, Mm-hmm. He is the best hazer in the PRCA right now going. And uh, between having great horses and a great hazer, uh, my plan is to stick with these guys all the way through and stay consistent and be at the national finals rodeo at the end of the year. Yeah. In your opinion, uh, how important is it to surround yourself with certain kinds of people? And what what kind of people do you try to surround yourself with? It uh, it is one of the main parts of this game. Uh, I like I like being around people that are positive and they believe in me as much as I believe in them. And uh, it's it's huge if you're going to be locked in a truck and trailer with someone all summer long. You need to make sure that uh, they are on your team and you are dang sure on their team and. I really feel like if you got that driving force all year, the the whole rig should be unstoppable. What kinds of things do you guys talk about, like when you're driving down the road, and you guys do spend so much time together? So what's it what's it like in your rig when you're traveling? Oh, when we're traveling, we we give each other a lot of heck, make fun of each other a little bit, but shoot, we'll we'll break down some bulldogging, talk about some horses and talk about winning yeah do you guys get to do anything like when you're if you do have a day off and you're on the road and um do you what do you do for fun when you're just looking for something a little different to do oh shoot we'll we'll try to do something like right now we're down here at san antonio and we're we're actually just relaxing today because the other day we we drove from jackson mississippi all night long and we were all awake for about 30 hours, so we're, we're just recuperating a little bit today. But tomorrow, mm-hmm. in between running our steers, I think we'll go down and check out the Alamo and just check out San Antonio. That's, that's what's cool about this rodeo, and we get to go to so many different places around the country and just go check out historical sites of towns. And I, That stuff really interests me, so that's, that's kind of what I like to do in, in my downtime. Yeah, for sure. If there was a kid that came up to you and asked you for some advice and how to get started, what would you tell him? Oh, you know, I, if there was a kid that asked me about wanting to bulldog, I, I feel like uh, I, I know enough people all over the country that that have the right kind of tools to get get someone started, and I would try to 
just get them hooked up with them and you know if if that kid was willing to do a little driving i would i'd dang sure take him in for a week over there in alba and try to try to help them all i could uh the biggest thing like i put on a lot of a lot of bulldogging schools Uh helped a lot of kids out and uh the same the same speech i start my school with every time is you know i've i've got your i've got your fee into this school and uh now that i do and you're here i want you to respect my time and and yours also you got money invested into this deal i want you to try as hard as you can that is that is all i'm asking and if you don't have the heart or try to be a bulldogger uh i'm i'm just going to have to ask you to to leave this arena because we don't have any time for that mm-hmm. i think that's true in every event you know some are I mean, bulldogging is it's so physical as well as mental, and, you know, you've got to be strong, and there's so much technique in it. Um, and to be fast, I think, you know, they, there's a lot of a lot that goes into that, but in any sport and anything you're doing in life, if, if you don't have the heart to do it, you might as well just walk away and find something that you do have the heart in. Otherwise, like you said, you're wasting everybody's time. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure that gets them kind of fired up and opens up their eyes a little bit. For sure, it seems like all of them got their teeth gritted at that point. And yeah, might be trying just a little too hard at that point to where they're not thinking. You got to calm them down just a little bit, but you got to you got to love it that they're they're putting their best effort forward. Oh yeah, for sure. What does one of your clinics look like? Like what do you what all do you do in your clinics? Oh, we'll we'll start off uh, running dummies just to where we can teach kids how to control their feet and be latched up to a steer in control without doing it live and then once we get the fundamentals down for that we'll we'll add a horse saver into the equation to where we teach kids how to get off a horse correctly at a slower rate of speed to where they're not going to get hurt when uh when we do it all live and then after we get done with that we'll uh throw cattle down that day and uh We'll normally take a break for lunch after that, and then the rest of the day we'll uh, we'll pretty much just run run those machines the rest of the day. And I normally like to wait until the second day to where we actually put put everybody on on horses, mm-hmm. run light steers, try to do that at the beginning of the day where everybody's pretty fresh and not tired because it seems like after after that first day everybody's pretty beat down from mm-hmm. throwing steers down on the ground and working dummies all day so it's good to have everybody come in fresh the next day and be ready to, to jump them horseback it seems like we've had quite a bit of success putting clinics on like that yeah sounds like you've got a pretty good method that works out yes ma'am. is there something that in your clinics and as you travel down the road and you get to be surrounded by you know so many cool people what is it, a trait or in the bulldogging specifically, what are, what sets the champions aside from, you know, just the guys who are going out there and making runs? What really, what is that thing that they have? Is there a way to explain it? It's pretty pretty hard thing to explain, but I will tell you, uh, all the all the top 50 guys out here, they can, they can all bulldog. They can all throw one down correctly and, and – uh, do their job what 
you know, and I, I don't have a back number yet, but from what I've seen is what separates the top 15 from everybody else out here rodeoing right now is just being, being absolutely mentally sound all the way around and no matter, no matter what kind of situation they're in, they are always ready to win and, and don't make excuses and mm-hmm. make things happen all year long and just stay steady and consistent and ride good horses and that's that's why they finish in the top 15 every year. Yeah. What do you do to prepare for, you know, when you're in your, if you're in the off season, are you working out? Are you, I mean, I know bulldoggers don't necessarily have to ride their horses as much because a lot of you guys, you know, you ride other people's horses um, when you compete. But how do you keep yourself physically and mentally prepared? Well, in the, the off season, I actually uh, run some yearling calves on wheat pasture. Okay. And uh, that's that's also another another great passion of mine. I. I love I love running yearlings on wheat. I feel like it's it's a good break from from bulldogging, mm-hmm. getting to getting to bring young horses and trot through and roping roping doctor sick calves on the wheat. And uh, you know I get to I get to do a lot of mental training when I'm out there by myself trotting around the, the wheat pasture, just telling analyzing the whole year right there. And, knowing what we need to fix and yeah. it's, it's just it's a great release right there and i also keep uh keep a couple of young bulldogging horses around and uh staying there in alba uh stockton he lets me uh continue to come over there and practice with the college kids and oh, help nice. them out we bulldog every single day oh that's awesome that'll keep you going Yes, ma'am. I need to. I need to get better about getting into the gym and, and maybe working out a little bit. But uh, here lately, uh, I've I've just been staying in the saddle pretty much as long as there's daylight out. Whether I'm Doctor Nearland or bulldogging in the off season, and it's awesome. I get to I get to do exactly what I want to every single day. That's awesome. That sounds like a pretty awesome life you get to live. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, if you had some advice for parents, what would you what would you say to if a parent came up and said, Hey, what's one thing or what's something that you would you would advise us on? I had to give the advice to rodeo parents, it would be to back off. Yeah. Uh, watching watching this new group of kids come through, uh, it seems like there's a lot of parents that are forcing their kids to rodeo and I, I know that they they just want them to do good and succeed but after after my experience coming from a family that has absolutely zero rodeo background mm-hmm. uh, it's it's got to be inside the kids heart to want to do good and practice and get out there parents shouldn't be making their children practice those kids should be beating down their parents door to want to go practice or want to go rope the dummy and you know they're saddling their own horses picking their own stalls doing their their own deal because that is exactly what they want to do and i i can tell you uh now now that i'm 
independent and on my own and have some horses of my own, it, it costs a lot of money mm-hmm. to do that. And, uh, you know, if, if you're having to force your kid to go out there to practice or they're not wanting to saddle their own horses, I don't, I don't know why you would waste your time and money going out there if if your kids want to do it they will go out there and try their hardest and go get it on i agree with that a hundred percent that's so important to they gotta want it just as bad as the parents do and i think at 99 percent of the time the parents have the best of intentions and they don't even realize how much they're doing for their kids but you know when we used to have clinics and your brother and sister, they came to a few of them. I think Carolyn was in one of my first bunches of, of kids that came to clinics. And, you know, we expect every single one of them to saddle their own horse. And if they can't do it yet, they can go over to the picnic table and bring their horse up beside it. And if their horse won't stand, then they can figure out how to ask somebody else how to help them. But we don't do it for them. And it doesn't matter how old they are. Um, they need to learn to ask for help. And, you know, and even if they do ask for help, then you might just boost it up there, but still let your kids cinch them up, you know. Um, definitely be be an enabler of being proactive and, and being capable of doing it themselves because not only does that teach them in the arena, but those are life skills that go on. And like you said, the money thing in this, when, when you grow up and you got to do it on your own, it's a – it's a little different deal. I mean, I always respected my parents, and I always appreciated what they did to help me, but I never really realized how much went into it until I had to buy my own truck and trailer and my own horses and my own feed and pay my own entry fees, and you get a whole different perspective on what rodeo and really means. Absolutely. When you're going into the arena to compete, I mean, you're at a pretty high level. There's big crowds. I'm sure that there's you got a little bit of extra adrenaline once you get to that level. What do you do? You have a ritual, or is there anything specific that you do to get yourself focused in the arena? I I really uh, when when I'm fixing to go to a rodeo, I I like to leave my phone in the truck at least an hour before I'm going to go run one just to where I don't have any calls or distractions. I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting, uh, I'm not getting on Facebook or anything like that. I'm literally just focused in on what I have drawn and what I need to do and just try to stay as calm as I possibly can and go out there and, go do my job know knowing my heart that i prepared lots and lots of hours for this and be confident in everything i'm doing and go get it done i think i like that you said that you know in your heart that you're prepared you know that's i think that's such a big thing if if we're lazy or if we're making excuses that's when we aren't prepared enough if we've done everything in our power that we believe that that we can do to get to where we're at then that makes it so much easier you know, if, if you know you've done the work, then all you have to go do is reap the benefits of the work. And yes, that's so good. Um, what do you do to keep your horses in shape? I mean, or what does Matt do? I mean, they, those horses are getting beat up and down the road. Um, what are some things you guys do to take care of them? Well, Matt, Matt does an excellent job keeping these horses in tip-top shape. He makes sure that 
he's got the highest quality roughage running through him. Uh, there's there's no expense on the best grain and supplements that that he can keep in these horses, and he'll uh, he'll put them on a walker as much as he can to to keep them in shape, and he'll bring them to the arena every now and again and fine tune some things in the box and mm-hmm. just just keep them functioning. And it's it's awesome to know that there's a guy that's working that hard. It makes me paying the 25% mount fee uh, absolutely worth it, knowing that I'm riding the best horses in the PRCA. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Do you have a favorite quote? Favorite quote? I would uh, say that my favorite quote is Bear Down, Son by Roy (laughs) Duvall. (laughs) Well, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Good. I like that. I'm writing that one down. And when you hear that, what does that mean to you? What does that quote, those three words, what's that What's that mean to you? Try hard. No matter the situation, try hard. And I, it is applied to all of life. Yes. I, I'll never forget, I was at Duval's jackpot. I needed to, I needed to muck it out a, a pretty strong one uh, to make the short round. Roy Duval was standing right there, and I'd, I'd been living in Dakota for a while, and Roy has been my rodeo hero forever. He grabs me by the leg, looks up at me, he says, "Bear down, son. You can do this. I, I believe in you, and you can get this done." And at that point, I think I could have thrown down a grizzly bear. <laughs> sure enough, I, I made a, I made a great run on a steer that tried. And I, I still missed the short round by one tenth of a second. Oh, year, but I, I knew, I knew after that that if if you believe in yourself, there's there's no limits. Yes, and it, you've been very fortunate to have people like Tyler Shaw and Roy Duvall and and you know Matt Reeves. Like you're surrounding yourself with the people who know how to win and can inspire you and who have their hearts and mine's in the right place. That's so important, and it, it shows. You know, it shows in the way that you talk and the way that you represent yourself and in the arena. Absolutely. And last year, getting the rodeo with uh, world champion Hunter Cure, it, it has just absolutely changed my mental game. And I, uh, I've decided that uh, between rodeoing with Hunter and Matt, Matt, Matt is a super intelligent person and uses uses a lot of variables and breaks things down a lot. And Hunter's style of teaching is more of a bear down and, and get it done sort of style. So mm-hmm. I feel like now my, my bulldogging has gotten the right amount of silence and violence incorporated into each other. That's, uh, I like that. Good thing to have, again, in all of life. Do you read any books? Or a podcast. Oh, when when I'm driving down the road, I I just now got into the podcast thing, and pretty much pretty much anything that's that's positive. Uh, I I've read the Inner Game of Tennis, mm-hmm. and I I read it one time, and it was kind of hard to understand, and went back and reread it picked up a lot of things and I've, I've found out that the the mental game is is something 
that self taught over time. It's it's not something that's just gonna gonna come to you in your sleep after you read a book. And and if you are gonna study it, you might have to go back and and reread and look at them things. But I found out that you can't rush the process. You got to trust the process, and you gotta you gotta learn every time you shake your head and. Every every steer is a new lear- new learning opportunity. I found. Yeah, it is. And I read the Inner Game of Tennis as well. And I was in the same boat where when I read it I, the first time, I was in high school, and a lot of it was a little over my head. Like I got the concept, but as I've gone back and reread it, which I'm kind of a nerd and I like to read books, but I also I don't share my books. I'll share the titles. I'll buy you a book and send it to you, but I don't share my books because I like to go oh. back and reread them. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's a good one. And um, what do you have any specific podcasts that you really like? Anything that comes to mind? Oh, shoot. I, I can't remember the name of them. But pretty much any kind of mental sports training podcast, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try to just put that in my search bar. Whatever pops up, I'll, I'll give her a try that day. Yeah. And it is so true. I did a podcast the other day um, about a champion mentality. And a lot of what I talked about, it it goes along the lines of, you know, you can't rush the process, trust the process. And it's, it's not going to be easy, but you have to have the discipline and the heart and the patience and the perseverance to make it happen. You know, if you really want to, you will. Um, but it does just take, it takes time no matter what. And it just takes time. Absolutely. I've, I've found out it it doesn't matter if you're rodeoing or trying to own cattle. You need to you need to be patient. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, and there's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of people willing to give you advice. And you've got to you've got to listen to all of it. And at the end of the day, you need to you need to make your own formula to success no matter what you're doing in life listen yeah. to everybody's input put it together and at the at the end of the day you're you're going to have something that works for you yeah for sure i think that's that's all great advice do you have anything else that you would like to share with the kids and families going up and down the road i just tell them to keep their head down stay bared down and whatever you're want to do your your body has limits but your mind is limitless and you can do anything you set your mind to yeah that's great do you have any clinic dates scheduled for this year i actually don't have any clinic scheduled but I'm sure uh, you're busy enough rodeoing right now i i am busy enough rodeoing and it's pretty hard for, for me to get back to iowa but uh, my friend tyler shaw is actually having a bulldogging clinic the first weekend in April, and me okay. and NFR qualifier Cameron Mormon are going to be up there helping with it. So, if uh, if there's any kids that are that are wanting to come over and get a start or have some experience and maybe want to listen to a different opinion on bulldogging, they they should sign up. We got plenty of spots available. Yeah, and is that in State Center or where are they going to have that clinic? That uh, Tyler now lives in North Dakota, so oh. in Elmont, North Dakota. Okay. And is there a flyer for that somewhere that you could send me and we can post on RodeoKids.com? We are working on it right now. I will 
send it to you as soon as we get it made. Okay, perfect. Well, we will get that on the schedule, and hopefully we can get some kids headed up to North Dakota. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for your time, Jacob. You're an inspiration. I can tell that the kids that come to your clinics and the people that are around you are definitely getting good, positive vibes, and I completely believe in you. I mean, we've we've known each other for a long time, and I know my parents, they keep tabs on everything that you do, and my dad's always in, have you, have you heard how Jacob's doing lately? And I said, no, you better check it out, and he goes on and checks and makes sure that, make sure you're doing good. So, we're keeping tabs well, on you, and we believe in you. Well, thank you, and that's, that's another thing, is you guys putting on those winter series you know, in Iowa, there's so many people that don't have an opportunity to go inside and practice. And mm-hmm. You could drive right down to Deep River, get behind a barrier, and that that was awesome because there's a place to go and run cattle and teach yourself how to win. And I I can't thank your parents enough for for the opportunities that they gave me putting those deals on. Well, we're glad you came. Well, good luck the rest of the year, and good luck tonight, and we hope that you just bear down and make it happen. Well, thanks, Tammy. I do appreciate that. Yep, you have a good day. A huge thanks to Jacob Adler, professional rodeo cowboy and friend, for joining us on the RodeoKids.com podcast. He had a lot of great insight that I hope you all learned something from. I loved the quote he said, you can't rush the process, you got to trust the process. Another one was, your body has limits, but your mind is limitless. And lastly, by Roy Duvall, bear down, son. He's not the first person that I've heard say that, and I know Roy was a great inspiration to the sport of rodeo and especially all the steer wrestlers out there. If anybody ever has any questions, I'd be happy to help you get in touch with Jacob, and we will be posting that uh, flyer for their steer wrestling clinic um, as soon as he gets it to me. So stay tuned for that. Uh, You'll be able to find it online um, on Facebook or Instagram, and we'll also post it on the RodeoKids.com website on the events map. So keep your eyes open for that flyer. Good luck to Jacob going up and down the road and his hauling partners, and we can't wait to see you in Vegas in December. This RodeoKids.com podcast was brought to you by the Twisted Philly Company. They have the cutest clothes for the entire family, from your newborn infants to toddlers all the way up to teens to even your husbands. You can find matching clothes that are punchy, ranchy, and that celebrate the Western way of life. You can find those on the RodeoKids.com shop page. Again, that's the Twisted Philly Company on RodeoKids.com.